0: Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. I'm Edwin K. Morris. Joining us back in the studio is Mike Strockoff from Live Oak Bank. Mike is the head of insurance lending at Live Oak and has over 33 years in the insurance industry. Mike has worked as a claim adjuster, commercial producer, personal and commercial lines marketing manager, and the head of a large multi-state agency. If you haven't listened to the first episode with mike we'll make sure to drop it in the show notes so you can check it out welcome back mike can you tell me a little bit about the sba loan and who's really best suited for that in the insurance world
1: Uh, absolutely so the sba you know gets thrown around you know the three letters or the acronym sba so small business administration loan program um, is really meant for small, obviously small businesses, but what really defines a small business is, you know, in the eye of the beholder, to some degree, this program is available to those that, you know, come to mind most uh, as a small business, but uh, many businesses are, are eligible to access this program. So I would say from... Is
0: it a cap by dollars or number of people or what? So the cap is $5 million
1: per... Uh, borrower. So each loan will have a guarantor. So it's $5 million per uh, guarantor, which is an individual. Banks like Live Oak, uh, we can do a much larger loan. We can access the $5 million through the SBA and then put what we'll call conventional or non-SBA dollars on top of it to create a loan program that's significantly larger, you know, $10 million, $15 million. But that first $5 million is uh, through the SBA program. And many of the terms will be dictated into those uh, higher levels or larger amounts that are that are available from a credit standpoint uh, based on, you know, kind of that baseline that the SBA creates on that $5 million.
0: What's the difference between what you're talking about as far as SBA loan versus the Economic Aid Act?
1: So the Economic Aid Act was passed by the Trump administration just before uh, the end of 2020. Uh, as an effort to provide stimulus dollars to the economy. And part of that act was designated or earmarked, uh, the funds f- uh, from that act were earmarked for the SBA program. In you know, practicality, the main benefits to borrowers that now seek an SBA loan under the Economic Aid Act is first, any SBA fees. So historically, or you know, outside of the Economic Aid Act, somewhere between two to two and a half percent of the loan amount is typically collected on every SBA loan to fund the program and and overhead and things of that nature. Well, the Economic Aid Act uh, now waives all those fees. So borrowers don't have to pay those fees. So it's a definite uh, immediate benefit. Uh, And then the second piece is that for the first three months, you know, so the first three payments a borrower has, the SBA will pay Uh, principal and interest payments up to $9,000 per month for that first three months. So a $27,000 benefit to SBA borrower who now closes a loan between, we'll say today, because it was at the end of March through the end of September, uh, would be uh, eligible for that program. The only caveat I would make, it's while supplies last. So only a certain amount or a finite amount of dollars were, were applied to that program. So in some sense, it's a first come, first serve. Not trying to make this uh, price goes up Monday hard sell type thing, but it is actually a situation where the dollars could run out. So if you are thinking about a loan, now is a great time because again, uh, interest rates are at an all-time low, uh, which is a benefit that you would receive as an SBA borrower at this point as well. Are
0: you recommending folks to go through the SBA program first before they come to you, or do they start to the process with you?
1: It's a great question. So the way the SBA program works is it's actually put out to the private sector. So Live Oak Bank is approved by the SBA to generate SBA loans, and it's actually Live Oak dollars that are lent to a borrower as long as we follow all of the rules set out by the SBA, uh, Live Oak is has the benefit of a 75% guarantee of the federal government in the event of default. So the benefit to the, to the bank is that that guarantee is out there. So then now you get the ability to maybe do things that you might not otherwise lend to or a class of business you might not otherwise lend to without that guarantee.
0: I see that you're noted as the nation's top SBA lender. What does that mean?
1: So we generate by loan volume more SBA loans than any other bank in America. There might be some household names that you might think would be uh, above that, but I would say for the last three years, Live Oak Bank is the largest SBA lender in the United States by loan volume. And we're also the largest SBA lender to insurance agents by loan volume. So we do more SBA loans for insurance agents than any other bank in America.
0: As the climate has changed in the political structures of this country, what's going to change in two to three years in this type of world of finance of small business?
1: Uh, I'd love to have the... um, the crystal ball on the, on the plethora of things that could change, you know, what we see on the immediate horizon and, you know, some of the things that were talked about during the most recent presidential campaign and um, some of the intentions of the Biden administration, particularly as it uh, pertains to potentially changing the long-term capital gains that alone is, you know, potentially something that will impact almost every agency owner. It looks like at this point, and obviously nothing's finalized, But it looks like for any type of long-term capital gains over a million dollars, it could be a scenario where it could actually double. So if you're an agency owner right now and you see yourself on a maybe one to three-year window on selling your agency, uh, there might be a pretty strong argument to consider doing it before a change to the tax law if you're looking to maximize the benefit of, of the sale of the agency. Beyond that, the SBA really has been a pretty consistent program. It has uh, a support on both sides of the aisle. Everyone loves small business and the small business in many respects uh, is the engine that drives the economy. So the SBA program, uh, as it stands today, will probably look pretty similar. We've seen a lot of changes in the past, um, we'll say year uh, or so as a result of the pandemic. And it shows you how the government views the SBA as a tool to fuel or, uh, lending at that at, at times where they think they need to, you know, put those dollars out into the economy. Sure. So I would continue to see the SBA in the forefront of, of those types of initiatives.
0: Well, to wrap things up, what would be your suggestion or what would an agency bring to you? What should they have ready to go when they start this process?
1: And it, it goes back to really your initial conversation on kind of who's the profile or the initial question, who is the profile, the agent that is, is a good candidate for an SBA loan. So, I'll, you know, there are a number of things that we look at, but I would say, from a very high level, cash flow is king. So, if you're seeking financing uh, from whether it's Live Oak, whether it's an SBA loan, or you know any type of uh, banking institution, most of them, will, believe it or not, are going to start with we want to make sure that you can pay us back, and that begins with cash flow. Unfortunately, we do get approached by a number of agents that just don't show a profit in their numbers for whatever reason. Uh, Many times it's uh, the effort to reduce the tax burden, which I get, totally understand. But on the other side of that, you can't expect to take those financials and expect to get a loan and someone get comfortable with it quickly if uh, the business hasn't made money in some time. So my advice is run your agency like a business, run it like you're going to sell it tomorrow because you might have to uh, because there are a lot of variables in life and things happen. So you can't turn around many of these things overnight. It does take time. Uh, so making sure you're running the agency profitable, and then really you know understanding your numbers, uh, running a neat shop, you know doing a good job to make sure that you're 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 running an efficient agency, and that's something that you know somebody with a keen eye can pick up pretty quickly.
0: Can you give us an estimate of time that it would take, start to finish, or is there a long process as far as getting this through the hoops?
1: That question is one of the first we typically get when we engage an agent, and really, I would say assuming everything goes according to plan and and uh, you know you get information to us as we request it. 45 to 60 days is really where we close the vast majority of our loans. Where they get hung up is when you know the agent doesn't have their house in order and can't find their corporate documents and you know there's other items that are just not readily available that take time to get. So some of that is out of our control, but uh, we claim to work and and feel proud that we can react at the speed at which we receive information. But if we don't receive it, people dragging their feet. And many times in an acquisition, there's a third party involved that isn't necessarily within the borrower's control. So we understand that as well, but uh, we will react as quickly as we receive the information.
0: How long do you predict the finances to be floating around and available? Um,
1: it's it's a, another great question. I, I would say that uh, historically, if you just look at the MA activity for insurance agents, even over the last five years, it's been, for lack of a better term, very robust. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And one of them, you know, private equity is very active in this space. Insurance agents are a great business model, and people appreciate that, and it's the recurring revenue aspect of an insurance agency that's very, very attractive. There's not many businesses out there that mimic uh, you know, the business model of an independent insurance agency. I would expect uh, insurance uh, agency financing to be around uh, by those uh, banks and institutions that understand the business and want to be involved in it uh, for, you know, for the foreseeable future. It's really things like the long-term capital gains and some other things that might impact deal flow. Uh, But I think you'll have interested institutions to lend to agents for, for some time.
0: Well, thank you very much, Mike. It was very, very engaging. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to this edition of the trusted advisor podcast brought to you by Iroquois group, Iroquois, your trusted advisor for all things insurance and remember get out of the office and sell. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join me for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.